Welcome to Season 4 of White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life. Let's discuss dreams, rituals, intuition, afterlife, angels, and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. Season one featured interviews with some of the world's leading scientists researching consciousness. And season two and three built on that solid foundation by talking to authentic spiritual experts, authors, and practitioners. And the bold theme of this season is truth whatever that means. I hope every episode offers you much needed inspiration, meaning and comfort, and perhaps even a little joy in these challenging times. So, now the scene is set, allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle, glistening sands of white shores, to see what magic lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores, a far green country under a swift sunrise. My guest today had a near-death experience that utterly transformed her life. And if that rebirth were not miracle enough, she had a vision on the other side that truly sets her NDE apart. Although she met spirits and angels, it was animals that spoke to her most clearly and told her she had an important reason to return and live again. Now, if you've listened to previous seasons of White Shores, you'll know that I've spoken to famous Proof of Heaven author and near-death experiencer Dr. Evan Alexander, as well as leading NDE researcher Dr. Penny Sartori, and Shine On author and NDE um, experiencer David Ditchfield. But as well as my fascination with NDEs, you'll also know that animals are my heart my soul. I often say that the way people treat animals in their lives, both pets they believe they own and wild animals, says everything about their soul. Animals have as much right to be here and as much right to compassion and consideration as we do. I'm going to flag up www.animalmeditations.com right now. It's an extraordinary website I stumbled across a few years ago that offers free wild animal meditations. You just go on there, choose a wild animal you feel you want to tune into, and then you can listen to a free meditation that immerses you in that animal's world. So if you've ever wondered what it feels like to be a whale or a fox or any other wild animal, um, the calming and otherworldly meditation that you can tune into is a really powerful exercise in empathy and strengthening the connection between human and animal. Of course, if you are a pet owner, you'll know already how powerful the bonds of love and understanding can be between human and animal. But perhaps we should not call them our pets, but our guardian angels. I think of my pets as my soul companions, and I truly believe that animals are angels in disguise, walking beside us. Think about it. If you own a pet, 
that pet offers you the opportunity to feel from them unconditional love. The unconditional love we all hoped but may not always have received from our parents or carers. Think about it, our pets are so excited to see us all the time, even when we feel rubbish. They don't care how we look, they just love us simply for being us. But alongside this beautiful unconditional love, they also offer us the opportunity to feel and give the nurturing love a parent gives to a young child. They fulfil our desire to nurture and to care for something vulnerable who needs us. In this way, our love for them and their love for us is holistic, pure, healing and total. And that's why pet bereavement is so real, raw and painful and it needs to be taken more seriously. The loss of a beloved animal hurts deeply. To return to my remarkable guest today, her heart, her soul belongs to horses, but she is an animal whisperer, a healer for all animals, and her intuitive healing powers for both animals and their humans is much in demand, sought out internationally. It doesn't surprise me at all all having having spoken to her. This lady clearly is a free spirit and a true brave heart. Actually, this is the second time an amazing animal healer has graced White Shores. The first time was back in season two where tireless advocate for the prayer for the animals, Tina Reed, spoke to me about her animal healing vision and mission. Do check out her episode and do seek her out and my guest today. And do stay tuned after today's interview, as with the remarkable synchronicity, which doesn't surprise me anymore because it's the way spirit works. Just as I was editing and preparing this episode for release, out of nowhere, Tina Reed left me a voice message, almost as if she was tuning into my, my desire to promote the healing messages of animals. And in her voice message, she said she had a channeled message for me from the camels. And the camels urgently wanted to me, me to hear what they had to say. She had no idea I was planning this Animal Whisperer episode. Now, I listened to her voice message and I immediately knew that you, everyone listening, had to hear it too. It's really extraordinary. So, do stay tuned after today's interview for a channeled message from the camels to you all. There's going to be some gentle background music accompanying that um, channeled camel message um, and it's produced, as is every episode of White Shores, by my son and Royal College of Music scholar Robert. Music helps bring you some much-needed harmony in these troubled times, just as our pets can do with their constant love and companionship. Also, animal music therapy can be very effective for calming animals down too. So if you are a pet and animal lover, you might want to listen to Tina's camel medication together with your beloved pet. But you don't need to own a pet to get much of value out of this truly illuminating interview with my special guest from the United States today. 
It will speak loud and clear to your sensitive soul. And if you open your heart and mind, it can help give your soul wings. Stay tuned. If you would like to find out more about my books, warning, I'm a serial spiritual writer, as well as my features, media, mission and talks, please do visit www.theresachung.com and subscribe to my newsletter for updates as well as free gifts and incredible stories to your inbox. If you have any questions, insights or stories to share, please email me at my trusty angeltalk710 at aol.com email or message me via my author pages on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. I aim to reply to everyone in due course. Season one of White Chores can be found on the podcast page of my website and all seasons can be found wherever you download your podcasts. Be honoured and grateful if you could leave a review as it helps spread the word that spirit is real. Walking beside me today on White Shores is near-death experiencer Ginny Labonski. Her near-death experience unlocked healing abilities and she is now a much sought-after intuitive healer, animal intuitive, horse medicine facilitator and inspirational speaker. It's a true blessing to have her here today to share with you her remarkable story and inspiration. Hello, Ginny. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm absolutely thrilled to have um, encountered you um, because when I looked at your website, everything about it spoke to me. And um, if you're listening out there, go and check Ginny's website out when she gives it and you will understand what I mean. It's truly beautiful. But first of all, how are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Thank you. I just meditated out in the backyard. I have a view of my barn and my horses and donkeys and I've had a lovely morning. Oh, that sounds blissful. So let's just dive right in. Could you, for people who don't know who you are, please could you share some of your story? Certainly. Well, um, my educational background is that I majored in economics, but throughout my career and education, I had a hobby and that was competition shooting. And so I was um, discovered and recruited into the field of international security as a young woman, gifted, strong, talented, excellent marksman, um, practiced martial arts, and uh, I became enamored with the field of international security, and I was very good at it. And so that's how I spent many years, nearly seven years, until uh, my body just could not withstand the constant stress and pressure, long hours, daily workouts, daily threat assessments, and I began to decline. Um, I couldn't run every day. I couldn't exercise every day. I couldn't keep up with the men that I worked with who were all former Army Rangers, Navy SEALs, Special Forces, Delta Forces, um, you name it. And it became quite obvious that I was not going to be able to continue my career. And that was in 2001 when I medically retired and I tried to go to the doctors at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Beverly Hills and have them figure out what was wrong with me and fix me and put me back to work, uh, but to no avail. And seven years later, 
they handed me a fentanyl lollipop and said that fentanyl was pretty much my only hope and that they were going to stop trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And um, I just collapsed into a puddle of <laughs> absolute distress. And I went ahead and I took the opioids, uh, which I had refused narcotics and opioids um, to a very uh, large degree. I did try to take narcotics, but it never helped the pain. It only made me tired. And so I was um, just convinced that I would be healed and I would be able to carry a gun again. Uh, but that never came to pass. And four years on opioids, my brain did exactly what it said in the pamphlet. It forgot to tell my lungs to breathe. And one night I had a very profound near-death experience. And following that, like just about every NDE-er, <laughs> I went on a journey to figure out what was happening to me, why it happened to me, what it all meant, and how I could use that to regain some semblance of life and package all of the information and everything that I had remembered in my self-awareness and my newly... Um, fostered relationship with my own consciousness to be able to help others do the same thing. And hopefully without the extreme distress of a near-death experience. And so that's led me to where I am today. Well, thank you for saying that. It's, it's so reassuring when you say that, that you don't have to be on the brink of death to awaken spiritually. Thank you for saying that. But there is so much interest in near-death experiences because it's the great unknown isn't it everybody wants to know more and when I spoke to even Alexander on this podcast about it as well there's so much interest so I know there's going to be interest in your episode big interest Ginny there's interest in every episode but near-death experiences one really do capture people's imagination would you mind sharing a bit more about what happened what you felt and what you experienced Certainly. Well, it was the middle of the night uh, around 1 a.m. or so, somewhere between midnight and, and 1.30. Um, I was in sort of a twilight sleep where I was aware in my consciousness that I was lying in my bed and I felt strange energy around me, almost as if someone was standing at my shoulders and someone was holding my ankles. And I was laying in a bed, which the headboard was up against a wall, an exterior wall. And there was just no way somebody could be standing behind me while I was lying down on my bed, right? <laughs> and um, I thought for a moment, there was there um, a snake or an animal or something across my ankles? It felt very odd. And I realized it was someone's forearms almost. So... I've not truly in that moment gone back into that moment to inquire as to who those beings were, but I can only imagine my guardians, um, my guides, my, my own uh, spirit helpers who were there for this moment of transition uh, to protect me. And I was immediately propelled into a space of white light, no ceiling, no floor, no walls, infinite white light. And my consciousness was still with me. I was me. I could think as me. I had my memories, but I felt better than I had felt in a long time. 
And um, in front of me, about 50 or so yards away, it looked as, as if that was the distance, there was a beautiful deciduous tree. Now, um, that might represent for um, some people the tree of life um, or the symbolism of the tree of life. And in front of the tree was a man that looked very much to me like the pictures that I saw in Sunday school as a Methodist of a version of Jesus. And, and yes, we all know now that's not his true name, but that's who he was to me, um, who looked very much like those beautiful, iconic images of Jesus uh, with the long brown hair, blue eyes, white skin. And he extended his hand to me and he said, you've suffered enough, come with me. And in my consciousness, I thought, hmm, sounds about right. I'm, uh, I just got my fentanyl dose upped from 125 to 135-ish micrograms per hour. I just got a new prescription of Dilaudid, which was upped from six milligrams to eight milligrams. And I had taken a Dilaudid before I went to sleep. And so that new higher dosage, uh, in my estimation, uh, created a prescription, uh, an unintentional overdose. And I thought, well, it makes sense. That's, that's a lot of medication. And for years I had been asking my doctor, you know, I'm finally weighing 105 pounds. Are you sure? This seems like a lot of medicine. And they said, oh, Mrs. Jablonski, don't worry. I have surgeons and judges on more medication than this. So you know, believing in the doctors, believing that medical doctors knew everything, and, and I really had nowhere else to turn because I didn't have any prior knowledge of alternative healing, alternative medicine. Really, I don't believe I ever heard the term spirituality in my life. Um, I just went with what they said, and here I was, and it made sense to me. Wow. And the first, the first thought that I had was, well, who will take care of my husband? which was quite ironic considering I had been nearly bedridden for nine years, the pre previous nine years. And my husband took, I didn't drive a car anymore. I wasn't training horses or riding horses anymore. I had placed my horses, uh, one in a sanctuary and one in a, a private home in California. And um, it just made absolute sense to me that I was where I was. And the only thought or concern was for my husband. And I realized in that moment, he would be much better off without me. And so I thought, makes sense. And I reached my hand out to put my hand in who appeared to me to be Jesus. And I heard something behind me, a, a commotion behind me. And I turned around and there were the animals from the sanctuary where I had placed my beloved horse, um, who after the fact I did recover. I, I got him back after my near-death experience. But um, they were screaming. There were about 70 donkeys or so and 40 horses or so. And they were on their hind legs. The donkeys were braying. The horses were, were whinnying, were calling out. And in a human voice, I heard, don't go, don't go. Don't you remember? There's something important you have to do. Don't go. And 
And I immediately felt this vibration run through my body that that was true. I didn't know what it was, but I had to do something important. And so very quickly, I turned around and looked at Jesus and I kind of smirked and I said, sorry, Jesus, I'm going with them. <laughs> and I was back in my body, immediately back in my body. And that's when it got interesting because that was incredibly painful coming back into a body with no oxygen in the lungs where the heart had stopped. And it was excruciatingly painful and horrifying. I was screaming at the top of my lungs at least 20 times or more. I screamed, I just died. I just died. Oh my God. I just died. I was hysterical and frightened, you know, my husband, um, probably more than I think he's ever been frightened in his life. And, um, we determined that I was okay, that everything was okay in that moment, and that we would try to get some rest, which it was impossible for me to get rest for the rest of the night, but he slept very soundly. And then in the morning, we regrouped over you know, a cup of tea and uh, had a very serious conversation about that. So that was, that was my experience. Incredible. Now, for those who say this was all just imagination or hallucination, what do you say to people like that who say that's just a hallucination it's all imagination because I know you say that you came back with unlocked psychic abilities that you hadn't had before yes well firstly I would say that it has been proven scientifically um, many times over where um, people in hospital or under the care of emergency medical technicians uh, who have been pronounced dead, who have come back. Uh, and there are hundreds of books, it, it, multi, several hundred books written on near-death experiences. Researchers like Dr. Bruce Grayson, PMH Atwater, Dr. Raymond Moody, and many, many other, Eben Alexander, as you mentioned, many, many other highly educated people who, who speak to this issue. Um, that we are consciousness, everything is energy. And I had no knowledge of that before. I had no context or fantasy life from which to make any of this up. And following my near death, I developed uh, psychic abilities, intuitive abilities that again have been documented for thousands of years on this earth. <laughs> and um, there are many scientific studies regarding um, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, proving that it is true and that it exists if one only uh, cares to look at, at that research. So um, really, I think your question speaks to what I love. One of the things I like to remark on regarding near-death experiences and that, yes, a researcher can categorize near-death experiences into groups of similar experiences, yet everyone's experience is different. All of our education and the context within which we perceive life, our level of consciousness, our level of understanding is what informs greatly 
each of our experiences. And the wonderful thing about that is there are almost 8 billion people on the earth who fall into probably millions of categories. And isn't it beautiful that we all have different messages? We all have different perspectives and understandings. And there'll be at least one person out there listening to this that resonates with my perspective. Mm. Now you put it that way. Absolutely. But did you have any inclination towards being psychic, intuitive, drawn to spirituality before this experience? None whatsoever. In fact, I had had what many refer to as pretty profound spiritually transformative experiences in my life. And I had another near-death experience when I was three months old. I had a whooping cough and I was I had turned blue, packed in ice in a tent. And, the, you know, my mother had told me when I was young, the doctor said it wasn't looking good, you know. Um, and then in 1996, I was riding on the back of a motorcycle and my hands came loose uh, somehow and began to fall off the back of the motorcycle, um, just uh, being tossed around by the turbulence, my um, coming off the back of the seat, looking backwards at the black sedan where I was certain I was going to die <laughs> on the windshield of this black sedan. And what I can only describe is the hand of God, a force, an energetic force coming out of nowhere, propelling me forward on a motorcycle going already about 90 or so miles an hour and propelling me back onto the motorcycle, wrapping my arm around the driver's waist so that I could again clasp my hands. And and again, many people refer to that as a spiritually transformative experience because those types of experiences transform us. They cause us to look. They, they cause us to seek. They cause us to go on a journey, to ask questions, to educate ourselves. But that did not impress me at all because I was very much living in the world and more interested in my job and my education and making money. And I just wasn't aware and then two years later, I had another experience where I passed out driving a car on the freeway in the fast lane, going with the flow of traffic about 80, 85 in L.A. Um, and I passed out, slumped in my seat. I remember my vision just going dark. And I had been talking to my husband on the phone at the time, and he had said, you just stopped talking. I thought we lost our connection 20 minutes later, I woke up in my car in a McDonald's parking lot off the off ramp that I could only see in my vision when I passed out. And there was no way for me to get from the fast lane, traveling as fast as I was with semi trucks next to me and in front of me on the freeway. So I've had some pretty remarkable spiritual experiences in my life, but I was pretty entrenched in Newtonian physics, you know, rocks rolling downhill and pendulums and springs and mathematics and the empirical method. So um, I just wasn't that impressed. I didn't never heard the word alternative, I don't think, in my life as it relates to healing or spirituality. Fascinating. It seems to me from these experiences, it's like spirit was knocking on the door for you, but it wasn't until you were ready. You were at that moment when you were ready and open to it, that it all came flooding in. 
Um, and I do love stories like that because it shows that, you know, the most rational, logical, material person based in the material can it can change overnight. So, so thank you for sharing that. And also thank you for talking about animals. And that's why particularly I was drawn to you because I love animals. Um, that's where my heart is. And you work so much with them. And in your near-death experience vision, the animals were there. And I think I have spoken to near-death experiences. I can't recall too many of them talking about animals in the way you do. It's so unusual and did that encourage you to do what you do now which is to be almost an animal whisperer in particular horses why horses other than any other animal could you talk about your work with animal healing a bit more please certainly well my understanding is that I had a soul agreement with the soul family of horses to go on a journey of discovery and learn how to heal myself go on that healer's journey become a, quote, wounded healer, uh, the shamanic um, traumatic event, which wakes us up to the remembering that we are all infinite divine beings, which then propels you on a healing journey on which we accumulate our medicine, our tools, our healing tools. We remember our innate uh, abilities as infinite divine creator beings and that we can heal ourselves through through forgiveness, through the energy of our heart, through unconditional love and um, many other things, which we don't have time to discuss today, and then turn around and share that with others. On my journey, uh, because I was so really obsessed with my own healing journey and determining what happened, to me? Why did it happen to me? What was going on? I was seeing dead people everywhere, talking to trees. You know, I had all of these abilities, but no way to control them. I didn't understand them. No context, no education. And it was many years later that I, um, in working with humans, where the healers that I was going to for healing kept saying, Ginny, you have to give this information to people. You have to share what you've learned with people. You're a healer. You have to become a healer. And I never really wanted to heal anybody. I only wanted to share the information that I accumulated on my journey, how I became more self-aware. And on that journey of self-awareness, I was able to remember, develop, foster, fine-tune my own gifts and abilities. And I believe we all have them. When I began working with humans, animals kept coming into the human session. And I would say, do you have a cat? Uh, no, I don't. But my ex-girlfriend had a cat that I never liked very much. Well, that cat's in your energy field right now. And if you don't make peace with it, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> you know, or do you have a horse, a horse that's alive or a horse that's dead? Do you have a dog? And the animals would come through and for many different reasons, give them messages of love, ask for healing themselves, whether they were alive or in spirit. Um help them remember uh, or give them advice, the human's advice. Uh, you know, you're in an abusive relationship and you really need to make a different choice. Your guides, you're not hearing your guides. And so mm -hmm. I was able to, to provide those types of messages, but it was a little bit mm, annoying to me, you know, and I <laughs> meditated and I said to spirit, why are all these animals bothering me? Because I didn't remember 
the near-death experience. And this council of horses came forward. One in particular just filled up the room that I was meditating in. It was that large. A sorrel horse, which is like a deep chestnut brown with a with a white uh, blaze on its face. And it said, don't you remember? We guided you on your healing journey because you made a commitment to us to translate all that you have learned in overcoming human trauma to animals because not enough people in the animal community, not enough animal communicators or healers are honoring the breadth and scope of awareness, the sentience and the trauma that animals are experiencing right now, especially in domestication. And it's time for you to use your ability that you learned or remembered on your own healing journey about the human energy construct and how the body represses emotions, holds on to trauma, and translate that to the animals and begin to help animals heal from trauma as well. And I said, oh, yeah, no, I didn't remember that. <laughs> but um, if that's my agreement, then I will honor that. And and that's what I did. And the only thought I had about that is nobody knows I'm an animal communicator. How is this going to happen? And spirit said, it's a handled. Don't worry about it. You just live your life. And through my work and through people sharing uh, testimonials and, you know, with Facebook and Instagram and all of these modern day technologies, within a year, I became well known really across the world for the work that I do. And I have clients all across the world. In, in working with animals. Now, I certainly travel in person all across the U.S., Canada, um, in, in working with horses in person, dogs and cats and other animals. I've worked with goats and pigs and, and birds, you, you name it. But I am best known for working with horses because I'm also a horse person myself, and I, I kind of get horse people. Um, but I also get dog people and cat people too. I've certainly owned them, but that's pretty much how it happened. It was certainly unintended. And aren't those the best successes, the ones that are unexpected? Oh, absolutely. Increasingly me in my own life. I love it when it happens organically and it's like all the factors come together. And that certainly seems the case for you. And I'm so thrilled to talk to an animal medium. I really am because as I said, I firmly believe that the way we treat animals says a lot about the kind of person you are. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel for the trauma that animals have faced with humanity's cruelty um, towards them. And it's just beautiful that you are an advocate for animal healing now all over the world. And I've read some of the testimonials on your website and... Um, it's just amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you continue to do it forever and you train up other people to do it as well so that it the legacy continues. Um, talking about training, I noticed that there's a healing system you devised called Cogno Movement. I did, you, I, I did not devise the system. I have become a practitioner. And what, what is that, actually? Would you mind enlightening me about that well i believe you actually interviewed bill mckenna recently the creator of cogno movement did you not 
No, I haven't. I, that's someone on my list, though, now you've mentioned oh, it. Okay. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, so Cognum, and firstly, really please hear me when I say I have spent my husband's life savings on my journey, and I have been uh, certified or studied to great lengths, many healing modalities, which I don't even use because I don't use protocol-based systems. I use intuition, pardon me, intuition and communicating with the consciousness and the guides and the spirit helpers of whomever animal or human is standing in front of me. So the fact that I have gone out and taken the time to get certified in another healing modality to me speaks volumes for the modality itself because it really works. And it's not energy work. It's a system that combines the science of neuro-linguistic programming, EMDR, which is a modality in psychotherapy utilizing the eyes, tapping, and the genius of Chinese medicine, which has been around for four or 5,000 years, to, to my knowledge anyway. And it is, it is a system of utilizing eye movements to help the brain release memories that have yet not been processed. So anywhere we are in a trauma loop or the body is expressing energies that haven't quite been processed by the psyche, by the neurology of the brain, where our energy is trapped or it, or a memory is trapped in emotions or judgment of an event or a person, whether that be unforgiveness or trauma, cognomovement by using a ball and moving the eyes, shifting from the different learning centers of the brain, the lobes of the brain, left and right, pardon me, um, we are then able to allow the brain and the neurology to release the trapped emotions and judgment and free us from some of those looping thoughts and pains, uh, random pains, uh, which are not clinically diagnosable diseases in most cases, right? We're just talking about random aching in the low back, shoulder, knees, uh, and, and oftentimes even chronic fatigue because our energy is trapped in these events that we haven't been able to process due to the level of emotion and judgment associated with it. And that's what Cogna Movement does. It's incredible. Thank you for that. I, I hadn't heard of it before, and I will certainly now do some research. So, so thank you for, for that, Ginny. And um, thank you also for your time. It's been an absolute joy talking to you. And um, for those listening who want to check you out, would maybe potentially like to book a reading or just find out about you, your story and your your life's work, your mission, your vision. What's the most immediate and best way to get in touch with you? Well, the animal website is heartofthehorse.us, heartofthehorse, H-O-R-S-E, dot U-S. And the website that is just for human intuition and cognome movement is ginnyjablonski.com, ginnyjablonski.com. I'll give I'll give the the links in the show notes as well. And do you do um I guess now because of of the pandemic, do you do online readings or um because obviously yes. you can't uh, do as much in person as before. Yes, I work over the telephone or Zoom for international clients. We work on Zoom. Perfect. And for, for animal healing as well, does that work online? Can you do that online? 
Yes, absolutely. Telepathy works whether you're in the same room or in Australia. It doesn't matter. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, do they? They think it has to be like the laying on of the hands and all that. It's such an old fashioned concept. It's not really. I mean, that. I guess, would you do you prefer that or do you actually prefer the, the Zoom, the, the online experience? Because I've spoken to healers and mediums and psychics and some of them actually do prefer that because it eliminates all accusations of, of of more cold reading or whatever and that they actually prefer to be not ha- having other things distracting them so what do you, do you prefer in person or or virtual well there there is sometimes a benefit to being in person especially if you're trained in, for example, with horses, structure, movement, confirmation, um, my eye, a fresh eye on a horse can help someone see something that maybe they're not seeing physically. It's also fun to see the interaction of the animal, the looks on their faces, the way they move and and the yawning and the expression and the interaction. It's fun. Um, for me, as you can imagine, if I'm with someone in person and we have an hour sessions, I'll end up being there for two or two and a half hours <laughs> and I'll just keep talking. You know, if, if I have a captive audience, it's hard to shut me up. You know, I'll just keep going. So sometimes it's better for me if I'm not in person. Um, and I love traveling, but I'm getting a little older now and traveling is really difficult in in many ways, not the least of which is being away from my husband and my own animals. But Mm. it's very effective. And I agree, um, not being there and saying uh, or or describing what the animal is doing in a moment when you are not physically present with them is often very validating for the client because they're, Mm. you know, I will say, oh, well, your dog just said it's tired now. And, you know, a woman basically dropped the phone and say, my dog just jumped on the bed and laid on the pillow, (laughs) you know, right when you said that, you know, and I've had those types of things. And so it is really validating when you're truly, truly gifted, when you're a truly gifted clairvoyant as I am. Um, to have that kind of validation, it can be very exciting for people. Oh, I'm so happy to talk to you because I can just tell you are the best kind of healer because you work from the heart. And I love giving a platform or talking to, to people like you and just also to thank you for bringing much needed joy, love, kindness and healing and comfort into the world. We really need it more than ever. We've always needed it, but more than ever right now. Um, And just before you go, a couple of questions I ask each guest in in season four. And um, my listeners know I'm a bit of a movie buff. (laughs) So it's great now because I haven't had an animal expert or healer on for a long, long time on White Shores. Is there any movie, film, documentary or anything that you can recommend that uh, with animals that you think has a really inspiring healing message? Well, I I apologize. I am not at all a movie buff, so <laughs> I I just don't have um, I don't have an adequate response to that. I apologize. Well, that's all right. How about um, I'll give you some Black Beauty <laughs> or War Horse or something like that? You know, a movie right. with a, yeah. where the well, animal's um, the hero. You know, <laughs> right? Um, 
you know, I have pretty specific ideas about animals and the way humans treat animals and what we have done to them in domestication and putting them into use in transportation, agriculture, war, and that type of thing. So, um, and, and I just try never to recommend something to anyone. And I let people um, find the, the bandwidth that they resonate with and, and really seek out their own um, messages and, and, and resonance that way. Absolutely. That's sound advice. But something did come to mind, actually, something that my kids loved and watched over and over again. It was an animation and it was called Spirit. And it was about a wild horse. It's an absolutely beautiful animation of a of a, a wild horse that goes through a journey through various owners and then ends up free. And it's just about the freedom of that this the, the horse, the spirit of the horse. It's an absolutely beautiful thing to watch. And then finally, don't ask, <laughs> but I ask each guest on on season four um, because I also love music. I think it's the language that heaven speaks. And there's my dog barking in the background. Must know I'm talking to you. Um, if you could be a musical instrument, what would it be and why? This is just a way for people to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> I would say a guitar. A guitar, why? Well, within every fret are the different tones and keys, right? And, dip, you know, there are how many strings? Only five, five or six strings, six, six strings on a guitar. I, I don't play the guitar, but um, so I don't know that much about it. But depending on where you place your finger in any one of those frets on a, a small number of strings, then the the breadth of um, a tone, uh, the 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 keys that can be the the flats the sharps the um the different frequencies that can be generated that speaks to me in terms of our uniqueness oh that's a gorgeous description of the guitar thank you so much Ginny for every single beautiful word today and I do encourage everyone listening to check out this quite simply remarkable lady Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you from my heart for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores. Sensitive, kind and compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help the world heal. Thank you to Clan Ree for the blissful episode music and do check out the show notes for all details about this episode and my contact details. I'm going to say goodbye for now with a musical or literary offering, a piece of heaven for you to take away and store in your heart as you return refreshed to your one precious life. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you, sending my eternal love and gratitude. This remarkable message from the camels was channeled by animal healer Tina Reed. It is a message that will be part of a collaborative heart book project for the animals. From the Camels You see us as magnificent beings, and yet we are often used for work without any attention to our true needs. 
We wish to run free, to be free, to be allowed to fulfill our true purpose on this planet and to be able to walk among you as your equals, as that is who we are in truth. Like you, we have a heart. We feel pain, we feel love and we feel joy. We are able to slip into our hearts at the drop of a hat. Perhaps you could do the same. It takes a powerful step to tune into your highest consciousness for the good of yourself and the good of all mankind, humanity and the animal kingdom. Our message for you at this time is one of grace. Be in your heart. Allow yourself to be filled with the blessings of the universe and all that it has to offer. You can feel peace now in this moment. It is your birthright, but it is also your choice. Do you understand that yet? Please take a moment to breathe our words into your heart. Ask the divine to fill you with this truth now. Slowly does it. Absorb, integrate and imagine the wealth of possibilities within you right now that are here to be expressed in ways that are meaningful to your soul. As you fulfill your Dharma, all benefit and a beautiful ripple effect is felt by all living beings. We rejoice as you remember your power and beauty. We dance with you. It is so. We also wish you to remember that there are times when you must fill yourselves up to the brim and then more. We carry hydration in our humps for times of drought. You must follow our lead in this way. Fill your cup to overflowing with love and light. Nourish your souls in ways that are meaning for you, as when you do this, you honor your soul light and you assure you own physical, mental and emotional wellness for when life has its ups and downs both personally and in the collective. Please read these words once more and take them into your heart for we wish to help you fully understand this and to take it into your life as you move forward. We wish you to see us for who we are as many other animals have expressed before us, we too feel misunderstood. We wish to help humans to grow and we wish to help lighten the load, but not to be owned or controlled, used. Many of us love the humans we share our lives with and yet we are so much more than many see or understand. It is time for compassion to be shown and expressed to us all, a deeper understanding to be developed and shared in your families and in your wider communities. Please be our voice and help us to be heard and in return, you will receive a greater awakening and opening of your own throat chakra. We wish you all much light and we love you from the camels.